Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 2nd of January, 2023, the 9th of Tevet, 5783, coming to you this morning from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. It is now 2023 for all those who recognize the new year on the Gregorian calendar, wishing you a happy new year. Of course, the Jewish new year was back in September, but nevertheless, it is 2023. So wishing everyone out there who's listening to this program all the best. Have a great year. Let's get it started on the right foot, if you will. Uh, and we're doing so here in Israel with a, with a new government, hopefully, please God. Uh, that is the, the top story this week, the fact that we have a new government. All the ministries have been doled out under Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who's back in business. And now it's time to work, folks. Now the work really starts um, in implementing policies, please God, which will benefit the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Of course, the protesters already out hating on the government, which hasn't had the opportunity to do anything yet. But that is the hijacking of liberalism, not willing to listen to other voices unless it's those they agree with. Those are the so-called liberals in today's day and age who have hijacked that term and hijacked what it means to be a liberal claiming they're all about free speech unless it doesn't fit their views. I'm referring to those protesters who haven't given this government a chance. That's part of the woke world we live in. I, on the other hand, am optimistic about this new government, uh, but the proof will be in the pudding. Let's give them a chance and see what they can do. For me, above everything else, let's keep Jews in Israel safe. I think that should be the top priority, whether it is with uh, in regards to Iran, whether it's in regards to the Arabs living under the PA, let's keep Jews in Israel safe, and let's hope the government implements policies that do just that. Uh, Israel Hayom reports that U.S. President Joe Biden on Thursday welcomed the swearing-in of Prime Minister Netanyahu and his new government. The president said he looks forward working with Prime Minister Netanyahu, who has been, he says, has been my friend for decades to jointly address the many challenges and opportunities facing Israel in the Middle East. He mentioned threats from Iran. Uh, then, however, the statement released by the Biden administration goes on to say that Washington would continue to support the two-state solution to oppose policies that endanger its vitality or contradict our mutual interests and values. And that part of the statement, folks, is called an oxymoron, if I've ever heard one. Uh, two-state solution is not in Israel's interests, does not represent our values. More and more Israelis know this, and I think the election is, is proof, and more and more Israelis recognize this. It's time the U.S. administration knows this. Um, thanks for the good wishes, President Biden, but no thanks. When it comes to all of this nonsense about a two-state solution, just a failed policy since uh, it, is, it was launched, uh, back in the 90s. Um, I, I rarely quote op-eds, opinion pieces on this program, but I think this one deserves to be quoted. I couldn't pass this one up by Morton Klein, the head of the ZOA. In the Israel Hayom, English version of Israel Hayom, maybe it appeared in other places as well. Uh, it starts off, the ZOA congratulates uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and the government, um, saying that it is vital Israel have a strong government, uh, including the inco incoming coalition, which is dedicated to protecting Israel's rights and safety. And then the op-ed, I think this is the important part, 
addresses the accusations that those elected in Israel are extremists. So Morton Klein says, number one, there is nothing extreme about proposing to give uh, to give needed tools to Israel's brave young IDF soldiers to enable them to protect their fellow Israeli citizens from rampant Palestinian Arab terror. The constant attacks on innocent Jews needs to be stopped. He continues, there is similar, similarly nothing extreme about, that's the key word extreme, because that's what everyone is saying. This is such an extremist government. There's nothing extreme about proposing to deport convicted Palestinian Arab terrorists. I agree. By the way, I don't use the word Palestinian, but I agree with the sentiment here. There's nothing wrong with saying you want to deport terrorists. Okay. The real extremists are the leaders of the PA who incite and pay Arabs to murder innocent Jews. Yet those who falsely scream about an extremist Israeli government say nothing about Mahmoud Abbas uh, and his heinous incitement, as well as the pay-to-slay payments. And he singles out here specifically the head of the uh, reform movement, Rick Jacobs, the New York Times. The op-ed continues, there's nothing extreme about proposing to give Jews and other non-Muslims equal rights to pray on the Jewish people's holiest site, the Temple Mount. In fact, it is religious discrimination to allow only Muslims to freely pray on the Temple Mount. King Solomon built the temple as a place where all people can pray. Uh, One more here that goes on, but here's one other uh, mention of the word extreme. There's nothing extreme about proposing to permit Jews to build homes in the lawful and historical Jewish lands of Judea and Samaria. So, and then you can read the rest of the op-ed on Yisrael Yom. Uh, in addition, by the way, to enforcing the law against the legal Arab building on state lands and areas C in the Negev, many other important points using the word extreme, um, whereas there are those who have not and are not giving the government a chance to work, just accusing them of being, of extreme, of being extreme or extremists and moving on. Let's let them work, folks. And if you don't like their policies, then we can talk about it after that. Um, the world against Israel, right? At least on paper, at least at the UN. This the top story over the last several days. Israel's, this is reported by JNS, Israel's prime minister on Saturday described as disgraceful United Nations General Assembly resolution calling on the International Court of Justice to render an opinion on the legal status of Judea and Samaria. Prime Minister Netanyahu in a statement said, just like the hundreds of distorted UN General Assembly resolutions against Israel over the years, today's disgraceful resolution will not obligate the government of Israel. He continued, the Jewish people is not occupying its land and it is not occupying its eternal capital, Jerusalem. No UN resolution can distort this historical truth, he added. Um, so nothing new. Again, the UN, uh, the UN uh, against Israel. And actually, the government under Netanyahu spun the results of this vote uh, to bring Israel to the International Court of Justice. Um, together with President Isaac Herzog, Israeli ambassador to the UN Gilad Erdan, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs personnel, we have achieved something important. This is Netanyahu talking. In the UN resolution um, that was passed several months ago, uh, this past November, the Prime Minister says the Palestinians had an absolute majority of UN member states that, uh, that supported their initiative. I don't remember what that initiative was, but it's just like clockwork uh, resolutions against Israel. 
Okay, now, he says, Netanyahu says, after our intervention, 11 countries changed how they voted, and as a result, there's been a turnaround. So here's a positive spin on the vote, saying that 11 countries that oppose Israel um, now supported Israel or perhaps abstained. Either way, they didn't vote against Israel. The countries that supported the Palestinian initiative were a minority of UN members, said Netanyahu, referring to the most recent uh, vote. We will continue to fight for the truth. The Jerusalem Post, by the way, adds that the resolution, which was uh, which uh, recommended that uh, the International Court of Justice get involved in Israel's presence in Judea and Samaria, the resolution refers to the Temple Mount as Al-Haram al-Sharif. In other words, they do not recognize the UN, does, and this resolution does not recognize Judaism's holy site as being a part of Judaism. This is yet another, and I'm, again, I'm so bored of this attempt by the UN to hold Israel to a different standard, to obsess over Israel and ignore the suffering of people all over, all over the world. Just focus on Israel. It's a, it's a sick obsession, and the UN wouldn't care less if Israel dropped off the map tomorrow. Uh, the Arabs, of course, the PA, they see the resolution as a victory. M.K. Danny Danon from Likud Former U.S.-Israeli, uh, rather, ambassador to the U.N. said Israel should levy sanctions against the PA over this. I agree with him. Let's see if uh, there's anything practical or this leads to anything practical against Israel. Uh, ICJ opinions, by the way, are non-binding. Let's see what happens. You know, I'm always concerned that, you know, uh, Israeli officials will, will get on a plane and travel somewhere and perhaps as a result of these resolutions, maybe they will be arrested when they arrive in Europe or who knows what will happen at the end of the day. Let's see what happens, okay? Let's remember, non-binding resolution here. or The ICJ opinions are non-binding. Let's see where this goes. They are trying in every which way, shape, or form. The, the Palestinian Authority are so-called peace partners and the anti-Israel haters out there in any way, shape, or form they are trying. Uh, to put Israel under a microscope and condemn Israel and accuse Israel. And it's been going on for, you know, basically since the state was established. Always, always, always going against Israel more than any other country. Let's see what happens with uh, this latest uh, resolution. Uh, JNS reports the U.S. State Department declined to criticize the Palestinian Authority here, the State Department, whether it's the U.N. State Department. In this case, State Department declines to criticize PA president and the prime minister after they praised and glorified a recently deceased Arab terrorist responsible for the murder of seven Israelis and two, including two American citizens. On December 20th, Nasser Abu Hamid, a founder and commander in Fatah's uh, Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade, which is a designated terror organization in the U.S., he died in an Israeli uh, hospital, I believe. He was a prisoner because he was a terrorist responsible for a string of terror attacks, including the murder of Americans Benjamin and Talia Kahana. He was guilty of murdering, also guilty of murdering five Arabs who were accused of collaborating with Israel. Uh, Mahmoud Abbas, in a statement, referred to this terrorist as a heroic martyr, said that he died as a martyr today as a result, blaming Israel of the policy of deliberate medical negligence he died a slow murder. That's according to Mahmoud Abbas, our peace partner, right? Uh, in actuality, he died of lung cancer. 
and uh, the Israel Prison Service, of course, saying that these were all lies, the accusations of negligence on the part of Israel or, or that he was deliberately killed, all lies, and I'm sure they're lies. Uh, this guy, by the way, this terrorist, Abu Hamid, he's really a, really a class act. He has four brothers serving multiple sentences for murder of Israelis. Uh, another brother was killed and attempted when uh, Israeli authorities attempted to arrest him. He was killed, also a murderer of Israelis. Here you have five bad seeds, five bad apples, five bad people um, from the same family. Praised. They are praised as martyrs and heroes by the uh, Mahmoud Abbas. And another statement by Prime Minister uh, Mohammed uh, Shtaye. I've never even heard of it. He's the Prime Minister of the PA. He released a statement talking about uh, this was such a big loss of a fighter, a pure-hearted son of Palestine, he said, who sacrificed his freedom for the honor and freedom of his people. He's a terrorist. He's being glorified for for murdering Israelis. Uh, the JNS actually asked for a, a statement from the State Department on this, on this terrorist. And the U.S. State Department ignored the question. They said that the U.S. is opposed to terrorism. We made this position clear uh, many, many times. Yet the response failed to directly address this instance of the praise of terrorism by the highest levels of the PA political echelon. Uh, the State Department goes the article here under current Secretary of State Anthony Blinken regularly and directly criticizes the Israeli government for its military activities, including counterterrorism operations, when they have resulted in death or injury to non-combatants. So Israel getting criticized all the time, but the State Department refusing to call out this terrorist uh, by name. Um, the statement uh, did say, we call on all parties to take steps to calm tensions and bring peace and prosperity to the region. So this response brings Israel into the picture when the question by JNS was not about Israel, it was about the Palestinian Authority failing to condemn, uh, even worse, praising this terrorist. Um, the statement equates Israel with the terrorists. And this is typical of the administration of the U.S. without a moral compass. In addition to the fact that the question asked was about Arab terrorism and a specific terrorist, which they didn't address, they are putting the criminal, the terrorist, on the same level with Israel, uh, which is the officer here, which is fighting terror. And that's the problem, once again, with Blinken and Biden and the rest of them. No moral compass when it comes to the situation here in Israel. Speaking of no moral compass, the mullahs in Iran, the Ayatollahs, and also, also an article from JNS, Iran, uh, reporting here, Iranian writer and painter Ahmedi Baman was sentenced to death by Iran's revolutionary court. He was arrested, what was his crime? For an interview he gave to Israeli TV Channel 13 this past April, in which he was critical of the regime in Iran and called for peace with the Jewish state. So here's a man calling for peace. He is now sentenced to death. Uh, he was arrested by security forces in his home, according to various uh, sources. Um, this guy, Bauman, specializes in illuminating religious books to spread the idea of peaceful coexistence between religions, and that is a no-no in Iran. Uh, did the UN meet on this? I I'm curious to know. Um, will they meet on 
the fate of this Iranian writer and painter who is now sentenced to death. I highly doubt it. The UN is too busy meeting on Judea and Samaria and bashing Israel. And of course, this all started when uh, uh, a woman, uh, Masha Amini, 22-year-old Kurdish-Iranian woman, was detained for failing to correctly wear a hijab. later, Later, she died in custody. According to this report here, the regime has responded with force uh, an estimated 20,000 people have been arrested uh, and uh, authorities are seeking the death penalty for another 27 protesters. Opposition figures say more than 100 protesters are facing the death penalty. So that's going on in Iran, but let's focus on the pergolas of Judea and Samaria. That's the point. The Simon Wiesenthal Center, switching gears here, published their annual Global Anti-Semitism Report. And drumroll, who was voted as the top anti-Semite this year? Uh, Kanye West, or Yi, as he is known. He was ranked number one on the list because, according to the report, he used his unparalleled social media influence to morph these historic anti-Jewish tropes into a firestorm of real, real-time anti-Semitism absorbed by millions and inspiring acts of hate against Jews living and dead. So... Congratulations to Kanye West or Yee or whatever you're called. I call you Jew hater. You're number one on this year's Simon Wiesenthal Center list. Also included on the list, by the way, ironically, the UN Human Rights Council, which uh, picks on Israel. And this Italian lawyer, Francesca Albanese, that's how it's pronounced, who was appointed the UN Special Rapporteur on the Situation of Human Rights in the Palestinian Territories, uh, the Simon Wiesenthal Center refers, refers to her as a walking anti-Israel encyclopedia and has spouted anti-Semitic screeds, including that the Jewish lobby ran the United States. Openly, She has openly expressed sympathy for uh, Arab terror groups and Israel bashing, accusing Israel of war crimes, comparing Israel to the Nazis, and legitimizing what she calls... Palestinian resistance. So she made the list. Uh, Palestinian Authority had Mahmoud Abbas made the list. He was number three on the list, accusing Israel of carrying out 50 holocausts while he was in Germany speaking alongside Chancellor Schultz during a press conference uh, conference in Berlin earlier this year. So there you have, you can go read the full list on the Simon Wiesenthal Center website, or you can find it via JNS. To see who made the top 10, the top 10 anti-Semites of 2022. Um, I think they did a good job. I mean, it's sad, of course, uh, that there's so much Jew hatred hatred out there. But I think the Simon Wiesenthal Center uh, got it right in its uh, yearly uh, top 10 list of Jew haters. Turning to local Israeli politics, Arut Sheva reported an exchange ceremony was held Sunday at the Ministry of Construction and Housing. There are various exchange ceremonies with the new ministers coming in, taking over the offices. In this case, between outgoing minister Zev Elkin and Yitzhak uh, Goldnoff of the UT, uh, UTJ, this is the housing ministry. Uh, Goldnoff detailed plans during the exchange here, during the ceremony, for solving the housing crisis in Israel, which would include... Here's what I want to focus on building in Judea and Samaria and providing benefits to idea veterans regarding building or construction rather in Judea and Samaria. 
Goldenhoff promised to, quote, help our brothers who are settling in Judea and Samaria. And as I witnessed during my pre-election visits there, part of the solution to the housing crisis is found in these areas. Just as importantly, it is our duty to help, he called them settlers, I would say residents, at least the article said settlers here, residents of Judea and Samaria to improve their personal safety, which is a guarantee for continued residence and development in this part of the country. He also said we have a special duty to uh, discharged IDF soldiers. It is unacceptable that those who dedicate the best years of their lives to the safety of the citizens of Israel will need financial assistance when it comes to buying a home. So I agree with the housing minister on both of those points. And let's see what he does now that the ball is in his court and he has officially moved into the housing ministry office uh, or the Knesset office of the housing minister, I should say. Uh, let's see what he does in terms of helping IDF soldiers who are out of the army, who are discharged, in addition to the residents of Judea and Samaria. Uh, let's finish off uh, on something positive here, as I try to do each and every week. Israel 21C. The headline is, From Gagging to a Bitter Aftertaste, Taking Pills is No Fun. This is especially true for those who take many uh, medicinal tablets or large soft gel capsules of vitamins or dietary supplements every day. Parents also know full well the locked lips trick when their child is faced with a pill. That is why, and here's the point, functional gummies now account for 40% of the shelf space of all of these dietary supplements in the U.S., a very fast-growing market supposed to increase from $9.5 billion a year to 16.5 by 2028. Um, two Israeli companies, Capsoil and Top Gum. That's very creative. Top Gum, T-O-P-G-U-M, as in Mary. Top Gum have entered the field with innovative functional gummies that stand out and how they are formulated, putting more of the desired ingredients inside and leaving out undesirable ingredients such as sugar. So you have these two companies, two Israeli companies who are manufacturing these gummies and are going to be selling them all over the world for those people who have trouble swallowing pills or want an easier solution on how to take medicine. If you are an anti-Israel hater and you have to take medicine on a regular basis and you go into your uh, drugstore or your pharmacy and you are recommended by the pharmacist to take or you have a prescription and the pharmacist recommends any products by these two companies, Capsoil and Top Gum. Again, great name. Do not take these gummies. Because if you're a BDS anti-Israel hater, you would be a hypocrite if you put any of these products into your body. So stay the course. Keep having trouble swallowing the big, the big horse pills. If you're really, truly an anti-Israel hater, do not be using any of these Israeli products. Do not be a hypocrite, folks. That is the worst thing you can be as a hypocrite. But yet again, proof that Israel is contributing to the well-being and welfare of the world community, always at the forefront of technology, of medicine, medical devices, whatever it is, agriculture, Israel is at the top in terms of giving back to the world and creating these high-tech and sophisticated solutions for everyday problems. So don't be a hypocrite out there, you BDS haters. Do not do not take Capsoil and Top Gum gummies, even if it means you're going to suffer. That's my advice to you. And that's going to do it for today's show. 
the first show of 2023 here, January the 2nd, 2023, coming to you from just outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. Shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire. Shout out to Tabitha, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. My name is Josh Haston, and you can get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can find me there, Joshua Haston or Josh Haston on some of these platforms. Um, wishing everyone a great 2023. And of course, most importantly, between now and please God, when we speak again next Monday, Everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Shalom, shalom from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people and the state of Israel. Have a great week, everybody. This is Eve Harrow for the Land of Israel Network, hearing views and interviews with fascinating people, some well-known, others homegrown, about places I guide, ideas I have to get you thinking too. It's about the land It's about my people. It's about our collective journey. Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow on the Land of Israel Network. Listen in. Share the ride.